Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we're joined by the very funny Ben Acker. We talk about a man we knew in college who had no possessions. And another one who lived in the woods. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. It couldn't be more beautiful here in Los Angeles, Jordan. Mm-mm. You know how much I love Los Angeles, Jordan. Boy, I'm, I'm almost getting sick of hearing about it. If there's one thing that I, Jesse Thorne, love, mm-hmm. it's the city of angels. La Ciudad de Los Angeles. Yes. Uh, if you folks at home can't see, Jesse is making the jack-off motion. <laughs> but you've done a great job melding a sincere voice with a, with a, uh, with a fuck-it gesture. Yeah. Um, no, it is genuinely spectacularly beautiful outside, although it is unpleasantly warm here in the studio. It is a little bit. We're going to get a little sweaty on this program. I'm, I mean, before that happens, I'm going to remove my sweater. Spoiler alert. Wow. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Do you think things might get sensual? I mean, that's up to you. Patrick That's Ro- up to you if you want to take the jack-off motion that you're making mm-hmm. right now and move it about three feet over here to my erect dingus. <laughs> <laughs> then I think we can make this sensual, but get up again, your, get up in your dingus. Yeah, but again, that's that's relying on you. How much effort you want to put forth? I, I'm I'm wondering this. Did you save the sen- the one most sensual episode of Jordan Jesse Go for when our uh, longtime listener Patrick Roddy was in the studio? I did consciously. You know what? That's great because I've been feeling bad. We should explain, mm-hmm. Pat Patrick Roddy. Uh, is here because he he makes light boxes mm-hmm. as a hobby. It's a perfectly normal hobby. Um, it's not normal at all. It's a very <laughs> unusual hobby. Let's introduce our guest, and we'll get in, we'll get yeah. into Patrick Roddy. What? Uh, <laughs> our guest is the uh, co-creator of the Thrilling Adventure Hour uh, podcast and long-running live stage show. Uh, here in Los Angeles. He's a writer for film and television. Uh, Mr. Ben Acker, how are you, Ben? I'm good. Thank you for that introduction. Oh, of course. I try and introduce all of our guests. It usually goes, <laughs> it goes uh, homoeroticism. Uh-huh. A little Patrick. Sure. Then the guest. That's how we do it on Jordan Jesse Go. You got the, he's already got the rhythm of the program. Sure. The fascinating rhythm of Jordan Jesse Go. So let's get back to Patrick Ryan. All right, let's go. Light boxes. He's got a very traditional hobby. The kind of thing. What, what are we talking about? A, a gentleman's. Gonna, what's a gentleman going to do in his in his workshop? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, model trains. T- model trains, absolutely. Box uh, kites. Box kites. Uh, soldering. Sure. Some and light soldering. Most importantly, making light boxes of his favorite podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I was really impressed by the light. Okay, so Patrick makes these light boxes, and because we had our recent Max Fun Drive, he made one for uh, Jordan Jesse Go that said "More Powerful Than Ever" and an ape going ape, and uh, he put it on eBay and donated all the proceeds to MaximumFun.org. Thank you very much, Patrick. And the guy who won it asked if we would autograph it. 
Um, so I said yes, and I figured as long as we were autographing it, Patrick lives here in Southern California. We've met him at several past uh, volunteer days and stuff when we pack up all the thank you gifts for the Max Fun Drive. <clears throat> I figured he might as well come by, bring it by, hang out here. Um, and I'm glad that I invited him by because I got to admire his joinery. Oh, what's that? I, oh, let me handle this one. Yeah. It means corners. <laughs> oh, his cor- he. I'm looking at him right now. He doesn't seem to be a particularly... You've taken Cornered what I've man. said literally. When, yeah. ben, when Ben says corners, he means dingus. <laughs> oh, I know what that is. Right. Yeah. Sorry to have come on your podcast. I, st- I still don't know what you guys dingus. are talking about. No, it's so Patrick. So it's the quality of being a joiner, like he, you could I see assumed, him running for class president or something. No, I assumed that when Patrick made these light boxes. Mm-hmm. You know what a light box is? Those those of you in our audience, it's like a light bright. You know where there's a pa- there's a trans translucent pattern, mm-hmm. uh, and and the light shines through it and it lights up. Um, you know, like one of those things you put uh, slides on top of, so you can decide which slide to put on the cover of your magazine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in a film about making a magazine in 1974. Which film? <laughs> Hey, magazine. There's a more starring Dustin Hoffman. With the exclamation point. There's a more contemporary example, just like your favorite episode of Just Shoot Me. Sure, there you go. We've all seen. (laughs) We all have a favorite episode of Just Shoot Me. Mm -hmm. The one with the lady with the giant tits. (laughs) George Seagal. (laughs) Yes, man, those were big. (laughs) I mean, the masculine name is a little bit of a turnoff, but Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Whatever. He was a bosomy gentleman. He yeah, was. He was. I could just, you could just call him Georgie in the sack, though. Mm. I mean her. I called him her whatever I wanted to. Yeah. He was sort of my bitch. George Seagal. Yeah. You were talking about joinery. <laughs> okay, so I assumed that... This is the proclivity of someone to join, like, an adult kickball league no. or a stitch and bitch group. That's to be Whoa. a joiner. Whoa. Oh, okay. Whoa. Let's sidebar about stitch and bitch groups. Okay. After we explain what joinery is. Oh, sure. Right. So... It's corners. Have you ever seen, have you, Jordan, you've watched the new Yankee workshop with Norm Abrams, correct? Yeah. Okay, so then you know a little something about the process of making corners out of two pieces of wood. Sure. You can either slam them together and then just shoot, shoot them together with a nail and some glue. That's mm-hmm. called slammery or shootery. Exactly. Um, or you can cut little jigsaw patterns into them and fit them mm. together. Joining them. Okay. That's joinery. I always watch that show with the sound off. Right. So. <laughs> right. Well, that Norm Abrams. That's why I'm. The tits on that guy. Fucking tits. <laughs> wow. Jugs. This is just what I thought it would be like. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about the tits on men. Yeah. Um, stitching bitch. Yeah, the old stitch. Wait, you have a, you have some thoughts about stitching no, and bitching. No, I have some, I have a lot of questions about it. Uh, okay. I don't think we'll be able to answer them. Or, I don't know. Participated, Jesse, I've participated in a stitch and bitch, bitch once. I when I when we were in college, hmm. we were resident advisors. Right. All of us. Um, you had just been dumped. Jordan and I were together oh. actually. I don't know Ben if you were a resident advisor in college. No. No, you it's were a little too sensitive. You're a wild man. <laughs> I didn't advise shit about dick in college okay good yeah residents <laughs> occupants nobody came to me if i was advising if i was advising shit about dick i would be like watch out here it comes because <laughs> of all the homophobia sure sure um so here's the thing uh when i was in co- when we were in college we had the resident advisors had two bosses and the lady boss had a stitch and bitch club 
and it was almost all ladies in it. But because we went to UC Santa Cruz, it was a big deal for there to be dudes, to get dudes to come to it so that it wasn't sexist. All right. And so one time I... Apart from being inherently sexist. Right. <laughs> right. So one time I went to it uh, as a favor to her because she was such a nice lady. Okay. Um, Were and you the only guy? I think there might have been another dude in it. Well, there was this one dude named Nick that was a resident advisor mm-hmm. with us. Um, it may have been the year before you became an RA. And he was an amazing man. Uh, he lived in... Um, he lived a completely Spartan existence. Um, he was taller than me. Um, he was six four, six five, um, and I've been that tall. <laughs> Have you? Yeah. <laughs> no longer. Sometimes. Okay. Um, of an evening. Depends on the hairstyle. That was back when you had the high top fade. <laughs> right. In your kid and play days. Kid and or play. Yeah. Not both. Um, so wait, wait, which one had, which one had the famously tall haircut? Also, what was that? That's kid, right? Sure. I think it's kid that had the hall, the, the high top fade. I, you know, I only know that as just like a pull, like a, like a early nineties like house party. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know really what it is. It's a movie starring kid and play. <laughs> wait, we're kidding. There was a series of them. So we're kid and play a thing before house party. Yes. Yes. Okay. And also but house party was their main Thing. Well, and House Party 2, which okay. was a pajama jammy jam. Oh, okay. Right. What were they? This was Just the, two guys. This was what made Reginald Hudlin's uh, reputation, correct? It sounds true. Yes, I think that's true. It was a, certainly part of Reginald Hudlin's reputation. Okay. Um, but they and, were, I think, a, a DJ and a rapper. Yeah, I think that's correct. All right. Wikipedia that at home. This is in the era, this is in the hip-hop era when you could still be... When hip-hop was still at that turning point where you could still be some really silly-ass bullshit. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? You could be a guy with giant tall hair. Sure. You, know? you could be three fat men. Yeah, exactly. Ex- that's exactly the, what we're okay. talking about is the era immediately after the Fat Boys. Okay. So It's a post-Fat Boys cultural landscape. Yeah, exactly. I mean, where this is like the Tone Loke era. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Where Tone Loke is bad at rapping. I mean, he could be worse at rapping, but he's pretty bad. was pretty yeah. bad at rapping. It's just a silly novelty thing sure. could actually be an actual rap thing. Okay. That was still the era of... But it would still get you a little cameo in Ace Ventura 1. Yeah. Didn't rap start with... Rapper's yes. Delight, which was silly. You're yes. saying all the way from Rapper's Delight until yeah, and Tone Loke and beyond. I think that ended with uh, MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice. Okay. I think that's pretty much the end of silly bullshit in rap. Because MC Hammer became as famous as you could possibly be. Vanilla Ice became one level down. Right. And they crashed and burned when uh, credibility became an important part of the hip-hop equation. Sure. Anyway, hip-hop history lesson aside. I feel like there's more to know. This guy, Nick. (laughs) What about N.W.A.? Right. So N.W.A. were an important part of, I think, the rise of gangster rap in the early 1990s was about introducing the idea of authenticity and credibility into hip-hop and refusing... Uh, both refusing sort of simultaneously uh, pop ideas and silly bullshit. They're sort of conflated into one, uh, which is why 
in part, the baby got thrown out with the bathwater in, in a, a genuinely authentic group, like, for example, De La Soul, who are very silly, but also genuinely authentic and very talented on their first album, um, who then had to make a record called De La Soul is Dead uh, on their second album. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I know, they far before their time. Um, so, there you go. That's a little rap, rap okay. history lesson. So, Wait, anyway, this guy Nick. What's kid play? <laughs> this guy <laughs> That's Nick. all I wanted to know. They were two gentlemen okay. who made a series of movies, a mm-hmm. short series, a series of two movies. Yeah. They heard that the best way to get booked as a weird, weirdly regular guest on Bill Maher's various television programs <laughs> was to make some movies in the early 1990s. Great. Awesome. Yeah, I feel like I have a series of things that I just use for like comedy polls. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've used Kid and Play as one of them without knowing what it is, just kind of knowing what it is. Like knowing the tone and that that guy had a haircut. Right. Um, and but, just use it. So yeah, I feel like if I use something like more than three times, I should actually look into it. They go, <laughs> anyway. They go, they go by men and work now. Do they? <laughs> no, you're thinking of men at work. They've right. really uh, come a long yeah. way. Kid and Play. Um, that wait, was wait. probably the most overwrought joke that anyone has ever told on Jordan. Like the most, the most like work that had to go on in your brain to get to that point. It was only two works. And <laughs> it, was, it was like um, an analogy, I think. What are the things on the SATs? Um, the colon. It's an analogy. That's an analogy. Yeah, right? yeah. Let's go with it. Yeah. Um, oh, if you said what are the things on the SATs with a colon, and I should have said a butt. <laughs> That's the most overwrought. Now I've that's replaced. Just because now that's when the you most took the, when joke. you took the SATs, you just dropped your trousers and mm-hmm. rubbed your ass on them. Yep, still got a seven hundred. <laughs> so this guy Nick that that we went to college with that was an RA with me, yeah. um, he he was tall, very tall. Yeah, classically, tall. I remember this guy. Yes, ripped. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you remember this guy? Yeah, were you yeah, also totally. an, were you an RA with him? Um, yeah, yeah, I was. So how would you how would you describe him? Like he had the build of he had that kind of um he had that kind of like swimmers build or decathletes build. Like he looked like he could um uh he really looked like he could he, he was he looked athletic in the sense that like a Greek sculpture looks athletic. Yeah, you know I, what I mean? I think I think yeah, the best way to describe this guy is being like if there was a movie about him, Christian Bale would play him. Yes, and because like it had a, it had, he's he's the perfect combination of uh, good looks and madness. <laughs> yes, in total. Yeah, I think I think like his dorm room was just like one you know iron bed frame that he brought himself and a hang like a swinging light bulb and then like a big book that just said Dostoevsky on the front. Yes. And those are his three possessions. That was the amazing thing about this guy is that he had a dorm room that was literally empty. <laughs> it was an empty dorm room. It had, in fact, I once, he once had his dorm room door propped open and I thought that it was a dorm room on the, like a prospective student's tour. Like I thought that it was just the furniture that comes with your dorm room. I didn't realize that someone lived there because there was no things in it. Yeah, I th- and, and and just to remind people what we're talking about, this is the guy who went to the Stitch and Bitch Club. <laughs> right. So this guy, you if know, you're just tuning it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this the, like I could see this ho- guy's hobbies being like um, 
you know, like lifting a medicine ball. Yes. Um, like seeing how long he could jack off because he wanted <laughs> to prove that he had, you know, a, an insane sexual stamina. What about holding his breath? That would be a hobby. Yeah, holding Nick his could breath. Have. And uh, and here's the thing, like eating he was, little bits of glass. He was also, I mean, he once he was a very private man, as you would imagine he would be, um, but also just very thoughtful and, and kind. I mean, he was not an evil man by any <laughs> means. Like all Even of these though. things, all of these pieces fit together to form a picture of an uh, uh, of a, a nightmare murderer. man. Yeah. Of an evil nightmare man, but he actually was a very nice man. Who just wanted to fight a rainbow. The, <laughs> but I remember that I had known him. I mean, when you're, when you're an RA, sure. you have RA training together. You, so you spend two weeks before school like with a group of, I don't remember what is, 15 people. So you get to know everyone very well, and you work with everyone very closely. And... Um, I felt like I had not connected that deeply with him. And I remember at one point I was sitting with him in the lunchroom or something like that in the dining hall. And uh, he, we called it the lunchroom because we were in elementary school. Well, no, no breakfast or dinner. Yeah. And we, uh, he, we were sitting down and he told me a story about how when he was in high school, he had a Plymouth Valiant and the engine caught on fire while he was on the freeway. And I remember being touched by that story, like emotionally touched because he'd shared that with me. I remember this 10 years later because it was the only thing he ever shared with me in the two (laughs) years we knew each other. (laughs) Like in the two years we worked with each other several days a week, that was the most personal thing he shared with me was that one time when he was in high school, his Plymouth Valiant engine got on fire. (laughs) <laughs> like well, I'm, yeah. You're like, well, I'm, it's it's so so nice of you to say that. So you're into Kegels, right? <laughs> I, mean, I just assumed. But what was amazing about this guy is our, our friend uh, Jim Rayal, the master of Would You Rather, mm-hmm. who's appeared on this podcast many times. Um, at one point, he took up this martial art. There was this guy who came, this <laughs> this student, this resident student who was like 35. Uh, which at UC Santa Cruz is very unusual. <laughs> there were probably like uh, there were probably four resident students in regular student housing over the age of twenty five at all of UC Santa Cruz. So this resident student moved in who was about in his early early to mid thirties, and he started teaching classes in Jeet Kune Do. And Jeet Kune Do is this martial art that Bruce Lee invented. Um, which is amazing that Bruce Lee decided to invent his own martial art. Yeah, well, also amazing that there was there was an audience at Santa Cruz for martial art that couldn't also double as a dance. Yes, that was <laughs> martial arts were very popular while we were going to college, but they could all double as a dance. Yeah, so I mean, a kind of dance fighting. Anything that doesn't in any kind of martial art that doesn't also involve a guy with a white guy with dreadlocks going. <laughs> right, right. See, yeah, I think I feel like I feel like yeah, I feel like the people at our college saw martial arts and they're like, "This is great. This or, is practical." Or a martial art that involves someone making their own chainmail. Right, right. It's another type um, of martial yeah, art. They're like, we love these martial arts. How can we replace the nunchucks with hand drums? Yeah, <laughs> and then they invented something. 
Um, so Nick Nick started taking these classes in the in the art of Jeet Kune Do. Now, as it was explained to me at the time, um, the difference between Jeet Kune Do and other martial arts is that Jeet Kune Do is focused on killing. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, sure. You know that Bruce Lee movies had the highest mortality rates in all of cinema. I know. I, I did not know that. Oh. What are, I mean, it's true. Bruce Lee. Yeah. There's one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess we can count Nearly everyone his else. son dying while making The Crow. Oh, yeah. I uh, guess. Was that Jeet Kune Do? I don't know. Um, probably because probably about his father. but no who else died on the set of a bruce lee movie well all those uh, everyone he fought in the fight <laughs> kareem abdul jabbar <laughs> oh, well. sure the late Norris, kareem abdul jabbar right? mm-hmm. may he may he rest in peace sure <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know Todd, Steve. I don't know all the guys' names who came at him in the fight. <laughs> okay, that he would punch really hard. Wow, and freeze most of his body after. Wait, wait. So the people who died was that wasn't because of like harness accidents? Because Bruce Lee killed them. He invented a martial art, right? That, that was devoted to and then killed people in his movies. Absolutely. That's what? True. <laughs> Wait, so did he didn't go to films? jail? <laughs> I, I think the rules were different back then. Is there some sort of YouTube compilation showing all the times that Bruce Lee punched a guy and the guy later died? No, I no, would love to later. see that. He would punch them to death. In the movie. In the movie. Did Kareem know about this when he signed up for this operation? He thought he was tough because he was tall. <laughs> oh, that was your mistake, Jabbar. Right, former Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> oh. as, long as, as long as Bruce has access to your sternum, he can kill you. You think you're such a big man, Alcindor? <laughs> <laughs> that is the pronunciation of it, probably. I don't know how it's pronounced. <laughs> Alcindor? Well, didn't he fight those hobbits under the name Alcindor? <laughs> 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 what if Kareem Abdul-Jabbar changed his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because he was sick of having such a fucking hobbity name? <laughs> sure, he hated Led Zeppelin. He's like, this Lou Alcindor bullshit has to go. <laughs> um, okay, so Nick learned was learning to kill. Mm-hmm. And that is the context in which I met him. He was the one dude that always went to stitch and bitch class. Yeah. Or club. So do, you think, do you think he was knitting something to be used to to be used as a killing weapon? I don't think maybe know. Maybe maybe some sort of choking scarf or because a he was smothering blanket. He now, was crocheting is the one craft that is the purpose of it is to kill, right? Right. Bruce Lee invented crochet. He did. Well, he invented his someone own shut, form of ooh, crochet. If that's true, someone should shut down this Etsy website because that's just <laughs> murder weapons. That's all murder weapons. Bruce, Bruce Lee founded Etsy.com also. Oh, wow. Well, did okay. you not know that? Pre-internet, though. He bought yeah. the domain name. <laughs> he thought eBay was insufficiently deadly. Yeah. He bought the domain name while Go, when GoDaddy was still GoChild. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this thing's turning in on itself. <laughs> um, do you think that, like, do you think that fifty-year-old guys who don't know how to use the internet jack off to GoDaddy commercials? <laughs> Just say yes or no, and we can continue with the story. I think it's a case by case. I think it depends on the fifty-year-old guy. Okay, I can't make a sweeping statement. Okay. Mm. I'm going to change my answer to yes. Okay, thank you. I, yes. Am I, am I what right? happens in the rest of a GoDaddy commercial when if you go, because I know during the Super Bowl it says go to GoDaddy.com. Oh, for unrated content. 
Do they show boobs or something? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I, I mean, haven't... I don't want to go and find out. Yeah, that's the thing. I kind of. I'm curious about it because I hate them so much. They're so horrible. But and I'm sick of all the rated content on the internet. Yeah, I know all that. Yeah, sure, all that. Um, yeah, well, heavily censored. Um, yeah, no, it, it's. Uh, it's. Yep, I'm. I'm uh, for the audience at home. I'm in a different chair today, and it's uh, throwing off my equilibrium a bit. So I'm. I'm whacking the windscreen as we. As Are you we usually record. in this chair? I am usually in that chair. I offered you this chair. Ben offered to switch with Jordan, but yeah, no, I thought it would be rude, but uh, it's like a stitching bitch without the stitching. In the I know, right? <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I always see those GoDaddy commercials in the there. Bitch. And they're awful, but it's like the sexy part doesn't even seem It does not sexy. seem all that sexy. Like, it's like it involves a woman, like, okay, I think the, the, the one that I always think of as being the most infuriating is one where um, Danica Patrick gets pulled over by a hot lady cop. And Danica Patrick is like, you're hot. Do you want to be a GoDaddy girl? And the cop's like, you said it. And then sensually uh, unzips her cop outfit. And then, you know... There's a sound cue that's just a fucking, you know, Motley Crue guitar. Wah, wah, wah. The she, Michael Mann, right? Huh? The Michael Mann, the soft rock, like uh, the, the soft metal guitar solo. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. on the show Luck that killed horses. Sure. Uh, and she whips off the jacket and she's wearing a T-shirt, like a, like a to, her, to her elbow sleeve T-shirt. I'm like, what? This isn't even like, shouldn't she be wearing a bikini underneath? I don't know. It's just like, whoa, a T-shirt. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know, and it strikes if, me as something that like a fifty-year-old would jack off to. If you see it, if you if you ever get the chance to see a lady cop in a t-shirt, it's yeah, you would know. Like it's different on TV, but I'm talking about like just if it's a one-to-one situation, mm-hmm. lady cop unzips her uniform. Yeah, <laughs> that's entrapment. And then, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, certainly in entrap my dingus. <laughs> Dingus means penis, right? <laughs> That's what I've been working on. I've been working under that assumption. All right. Uh, Colin, feel free to call in. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Okay. So, so did you ever get a sense of why Nick was a part of Stitch and Bitch? I would just guess because he's the kind of guy who was soothed by repetitive tasks. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's nice to know. I mean... It's nice to know that, like, there's people, there's, it's nice to have people in your life. And, I mean, Nick hasn't been an active part of my life for 10 years now. But I think I could go on the internet and make Facebook friends with him. Mm -hmm. And I want to make it clear that I like Nick. He's a good dude. Sure. He had that story about that car. Um, (laughs) It was a great story about that car. Um, but I think Nick was a genuinely good dude. Um, and it's nice to know that, like, if you're ever going to start a private army, I guess. Yeah. That you have a go-to guy. You know what I mean? A go-daddy. <laughs> a, go-to, a real go-to daddy. <laughs> but but I, think you, I think you follow what I'm saying, that there's someone who... Who you know you could trust. If they don't have the munitions expertise, you could trust them to acquire it. Sure. But they're also, they're not a loose cannon. You know what I mean? Like He seems like the kind of guy, if you're like, Nick, I'm putting together a private army. Have you read the Anarchist Cookbook? Let me ask you you this about your private army. I'll play the part of Nick. Okay. Is it ragtag? 
<laughs> How ragtag? Pretty ragtag. All right. Yeah. He he probably has not read the Anarch- or he's probably read the Anarchist, Anarchist Cookbook, but feels like it pulled too many punches. Yeah. I mean, I I can see the only context <laughs> it's gone too commercial. Yeah. The fuck only, it. The only context I can see uh, Nick reading the Anarchist Cookbook is with a red pen in his hand. Frankly, it's going. just and start you know, crossing. He borrowed. He borrowed uh-huh. You've seen his bookshelf. There was that one Dostoevsky book. Yeah. So. He's borrowed the anarchist cookbook from someone and is marking it up with a pen. But you know what? (laughs) Nick was like – it was like being friends with a character from that genre of movie that I've talked about how much I love in – on this program, which is the genre of movie that the George Clooney movie The American belongs (laughs) to, which is something where George Clooney is – silent but beautiful and he has an important but complicated task to pursue in an exotic locale there's exotic nudity but it's classy you know what i mean like a lethal weapon 2 i don't know if i've i don't know if i've Woody's girlfriend i don't cheers i don't know if i've i'm not sure that i've exactly i maybe i should i might be missing the maybe i should run this back and tell me yeah is there another movie in in that genre besides mm, that one movie because uh, i don't know that that's how genre works There's got to be. I mean, I figure probably all movies that Pierce Brosnan, Pierce Brosnan has ever been in, besides the Bond movies, Mrs. Doubt. And... So Mrs. Doubtfire is a part of this <laughs> this genre. Oh, is he in Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah, he's the um, he's the he's Sally Field's uh, new boyfriend. I was gonna who Robin Williams has to compete with I while still gonna... dressed as Mrs. Doubtfire. I was gonna exempt the ABBA movie. Um, but mm. so now I'm exempting the ABBA movie and Mrs. Doubtfire. But <laughs> and I all figure... James Bond movies is three. Probably, probably the Taylor of Panama, which I haven't seen, but I'm presuming <laughs> it belongs to this genre. You have uh, your, your knowledge of Taylor of Panama is about my knowledge of uh, House Party. It's yeah. just like you know it <laughs> exactly. as a pole. Exactly. Um, I'm talking about a silent, a, si- a silent and violent, as I call it. The old mm. SMV. Yeah. Sure. So, um, Birth of a Nation. Exactly. Okay. And just a a nice, healthy dose of racism. (laughs) Just something something where some heroic Klansmen are rescuing white women from a (laughs) savage black man. Um, On this topic of... uh, uh, (laughs) Savage clan On this topic. um, uh, On the topic of someone saying something very small to you but it being very meaningful and also it taking place where we went to college yes um do you remember bob debolt the guy who came on after us on college radio he we were on college radio together ben um uh we we hosted (laughs) (laughs) do you not remember this ben i was in a car accident uh it was Unfortunate, to say the least, and it wasn't my fault, but despite the fact that I was going uh, slowly edging out into the intersection, because I was going left and this guy uh, was going straight, it right. was, technically it was my fault. Uh, and so I've lost a lot of our college experience together. I remember right. a different college experience. Right. It's kind of written over sure. the memories. Well, you know, I see, we, when I, we've been... I feel just sorry about the whole thing. Yeah. I apologize. We, well, the, and previously when we've talked and you said, hey, remember that time in college together where we tricked the frat boys into eating the dog cum? 
that leads me to believe that what you think was college was just the movie Van Wilder. <sighs> so... Yeah, that probably... Well, I was watching it during my accident. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what that was. Hey, congratulations on uh, getting it on with Tara Reid, though. Like, young, hot Tara Reid. Not the fucking new mess Tara Reid, but I, like... I in her congratulations. In her prime. You know what else? Congratulations on getting on MTV's Pimp My Ride when it was in its prime mm-hmm. and getting your ride pimped out with a Van Wilder theme, including... Getting the film Van Wilder embedded in your steering wheel. Say what you will. A screen that, that plays. Ride better have my money. Only Van Wilder. Does it play just now? Does it play just Van Wilder, or does it play the direct DVD sequels as well? I'm glad the you prequels. asked. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Play the sequels. Oh, you don't I consider don't, those canon? I don't give a care about the rise of Todd. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's got his own thing, and it ain't. This guy's thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different guy's thing. Okay. It's Taj's thing. It's Taj's thing. Have a rise, have a fall, have a whole thing. Uh, I wish you the best of luck, mm-hmm. but you're not playing in my goddamn car. Weirdly, wow. it does play some of the lesser American Pie movies. Right. You're talking a naked mile. <laughs> but I think that's sure, about that's, Comedy Central. Uh, that's Sunspots. Put, that's about Sunspots. Pussy, that's not about, pussy Camp. That's not about anything that like, X to the Z run, did. Right? Wasn't Tit Run? In tit one Run? Of those? Oh, let's go around and name fake American Pie directed <laughs> DVD sequels. That's more fun than what we were I talking I want to talk about. about Bob DeBolt. Oh, sure. Okay, so. Wasn't he in Bosom Hump? When Jordan oh, and I... Oh, one more. Balls to the walls with Z's instead of S's. <laughs> Jordan and I... Oh, Z's, I'm sorry, was in that one. Jordan yeah, yeah. and I hosted a college radio program together. And uh, after our college radio program... If you were wondering why we have so many stories about um, crazy sex in college, that's why. And we hosted a college radio show. Sure, sure. After a our... stick you have to beat them off with. After yeah. our college radio program was a show called The Politics of Social Reality. And it was hosted by a man named Bob DeBolt, the late Bob DeBolt. May he rest in peace. I'm sorry for your loss. Um, it was not our loss. He was always very rude to us. <laughs> I'm not sorry. And, um, and he was an older man, I would say in his late 60s. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, he <laughs> lived in the woods mm-hmm. on a platform under a tarpaulin. Um, he smelled... Horrible. Like uh, a man who lives in that place where he did. <laughs> yes. I bet the tarp didn't smell so great. <laughs> um, that was one of them stank tarps. It's fair, it's fair. Chicken. That's one of the uh, directed DVD American Pie sequels, right? Stank tarp. <laughs> right. But him and the tarp is a chicken and egg situation, right? <laughs> Just so nice of Eugene Levy to be in all of these, too. Yeah. He got 100K for stank <laughs> They doubled his quote on that yeah, one. Yeah, you, you, you know, you fly up to Vancouver for two weeks. It's fun. <laughs> it's just nice. He actually only and had... And he knows they suck. He had one scene in Stank Tarp. He mm-hmm. just pulled a lever at the Stank Tarp factory. <laughs> <laughs> right. He calls that movie uh, House Payments. <laughs> yeah, right. you got it. Um, so, uh, Bob DeBolt would come into the station, he'd go into the production studio, and we had a feed of the Pacifica, Pacifica radio station, which is a very far left-leaning, uh, radio network, public radio network, uh, and, uh, in Berkeley, KPFA, that ran into our station. We would carry the KPFA, uh, afternoon news on our station. We would syndicate it. So we had a feed of their station. 
And he would go in there and record. Now the KCSC is just syndicating old family guys. Yeah. (laughs) It's really changed a lot. Mm -hmm. So if you want the news, don't listen to it. Yeah. But if you want old family guys, check it out. If you want like season one through three family guy. Yeah. I mean, family guy classic. Mm -hmm. But you know, you really can't fault him because it it really uh, really buoys the ratings on some really amazing original out there programming. Yeah, it's a great. Yeah, it's a great lead in for nothing but Klezmer. Yeah. So Did they ever get anything but Klezmer on that show? No, they don't. They won't allow it. They won't allow it? Mm-mm. Absolutely not. They've tried to somebody tried to sneak a little Zydeco in there, oh. but the nothing but Klezmer host said That is the original East Coast, West Coast rapper food. <laughs> Zydeco V Klezmer. Oh, well that's a court case. Yeah. <laughs> Although I bet I bet I bet guys who play Zydeco do actually hate guys who play Klezmer. <laughs> Do you think But not because of the music. Do you think that do you think <laughs> that, they're racists? Do you think that somewhere somewhere right now Sandra Day O'Connor is taking questions at a law school and she's saying, "Well, I don't I don't have to worry that much about Supreme Court cases Wait. anymore. It's it's mostly just deciding on the entertainment for my birthday party." Although you might call that a ruling in the case of Zydeco v. Klesmer. That was Home audience, I hope that you will write a letter expressing how perfect that Sandra Day O'Connor impression was. It's like she walked into the room. Jesse, you know, although I, I'll, I'll acknowledge it was I very good. I inverted my scrotum for that. Uh, no, obviously. He, he walked it around in front of a mirror. Mm-hmm. He said, I'd fuck me. Mm-hmm. In the style in, and uh, spirit of Sandra Day O'Connor. Uh, and then it was like a different person walked in and sat down and put on cans, headphones. I just think it's a little rude that you use this show to, like, test material for your SNL audition. <laughs> if, not you know, he, if not here, where? I, I, you know, in, in comedy clubs where you're supposed to be doing it. The Groundlings Theater. You know, I just, uh, I just <laughs> interviewed... I just interviewed Rachel Dratch for uh, Bullseye, mm-hmm. and uh, which will actually probably be out at exactly the same time as this show. So go listen to it. But Our sister show. She episode. told me exactly. So she listened to. She told me that one of the impressions that she did for her uh, Saturday Night Live audition was Paula Poundstone. <laughs> <laughs> I think you like at some point. It's there has to be a relevancy cutoff. For a Saturday Night God, Live audition. Bill Hader show. has a funny one, too. I've heard him talk about it. I think maybe I he did Vincent Price or something for his. And, yeah. And Lauren Michaels I saw on the you know, shook his head. Do we want to tell the story of somebody else's comedy bit? <laughs> no. Wait, let's get, back, let's, right. get back to, let's get back to Bob DeBolt. So Bob would record Angela Davis speeches off of KPFA to play on his show. And then he'd sort of rant about how fluoride in the... He literally believed that fluoride in the water supply helped the government control our minds. Yeah. He literally believed that. He did not believe that it was a satirical plot point in one of the most famous satires of our time. He literally believed it to be the case. (laughs) The apartment. (laughs) (laughs) The goofy goofy suicide satire. The apartment. Horrible bosses. Um... So anyway, so Bob DeBolt was an amazing, amazing man. And his callers would call our show. The second half of our show, we would be taking calls on some subject. um, And his caller, his people would call us and yell at us for not being him. Mm -hmm. Like, where's Bob? Sunday O'Connor called you? (laughs) (laughs) 
amazing. She was a big fan of his. Sure. She was mm-hmm. a big fan. I mean, yeah. the the court has taken a big swing to the right since she retired. Yeah. It was it was it was weird that they appointed just a, a rabid conspiracy theorist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she yeah, she she lobbied the uh, the the famous uh Sunspots v Chemtrails <laughs> case. For some reason in Bush v Gore, she found in favor of loose change. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I should have one. Um <laughs> All right. Uh, wait. Uh, uh, let's, let's help him out. Jews yeah. run the banking industry. Uh, yeah. right. Constitution's uh, printed on him. Uh, what do we got? What do we got, guys? Uh, let's rally. Let's rally. There's a mm, lizard people v. Uh, yeah. Kennedy's is that one? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Lizard people Car- v. Car- the DMV assassinated Carlisle Carlisle Group. Something. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, the Bill, Bill Bilderberg. <laughs> oh, Build a Bear. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> build a pair <laughs> <build a> conspiracy. <laughs> Nobody's going to follow this face. It's too cute. <laughs> okay. Put a little fireman's hat on him. So what were you going to say about Bob? Oh, yeah, yeah. So he, so, you know, obviously. Oh, he, and he also, he died of cancer because he didn't believe in doctors. Go right. ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, um. So this, I think, was... Doctors are real. I think... uh, So I think this was after maybe our time slot had changed, and you weren't there, but I was there for some other thing, some other radio thing, and obviously... Huh? Was I there? No, you were... um, Oh, shit. Balls deep in terror. Balls deep in terror. I was Uh, trying to think of something else. Yeah, yeah. I love that week. (laughs) Oh, you were organizing the the roller disco benefit for the nerds. (laughs) That also happened in Van Wilder. Sure. Um, You've seen Van Wilder. You know what? Uh, <laughs> Jacuzzi. Yes, I have seen. I have seen Van Wilder. Uh, I saw it in high school, but then rewatched it again. I I wrote a TV pilot about college and wanted to like watch a bunch of the famous college things over again just to make sure that like you know I wasn't retrotting anything. Remembering all of college. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I watched. I watched a couple of the directed DVD American Pies and like Van Wilder and uh, a bunch of others. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, they're all terrible. Um, no offense if you made that. No, movie. yeah, no, sorry, yeah, sorry, guy who made Van Wilder. Maybe you've you gone on. You maybe you've gone on to better things. Um, I really loved. <laughs> the, I really loved the King's speech. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you've you've taken a step in the right direction. You know, Van Wilder really. I mean, if nothing else, mm-hmm. it gave us the careers of Ryan Reynolds and, of course, Jeffrey Rush. Exactly. <laughs> sure. A young Jeffrey Rush yeah. really showed America what he could do. He in was, that scene he was where, a really harsh dean. In that scene where he ate dog cum. <laughs> <laughs> Which happens in that movie. Wow. Does the person who eats it go like, this is really good? Like, they, uh, eat, it, they eat it in like Okay. You stumbled, they... up, you stumbled upon my favorite thing to describe. Um, this is one of the craziest things to ever happen in a movie, in a movie as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I, I maybe have described it on the podcast before, so I, I apologize if I'm, if I, I'm I don't remember this. So. Okay. So in the scene, they're trying to put one over on like the waspy frat, the real, you know, real stereotypically waspy frat. Would you say that they were snobs or slobs? No, Jesse. Van Wilder is the slob in this situation. Gotcha. Uh, these are the snobs, and how oh, they do you know, this. I always prefer the slobs. Yeah, those, you know what? The slobs are all, the slobs are all right. They don't have uh, they don't have fancy yachts. No, but they, they know have just how to regular. They know how, regular how to have a good time. Yachts. Quick question. Yeah, 
How would you describe their degree of wildness relative to the protagonist, Van? Would you describe them as less wild? Oh, far less wild. Or... Far less wild. Okay, Yeah, great. Van was wilder. Gotcha. Is their arc to be as wild as... Well, no, they want things to be less wild. They want it to be more refined. Oh, no, I meant the people under, the people serving under Van. Oh, okay. His ragtag group. Right, yes, his his ragtag group of of soldiers of fortune. Mm -hmm. Um, So in in order to put one over on the the snobs, what they do is there's a a bulldog uh, who lives in Van Wilder's dorm. They jack off this bulldog into... Uh, pastries, like uh-huh. they jack him off so he ejaculates into pastries and like they... a puff pastry. Yeah, like a puff pastry, like a beard papa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a, exactly like a beard papa. And Wikipedia they... that kids. <laughs> yeah, um, what are those by the way? It's the, are they Japanese? Where do those come from? I I've never been in one, but I see them around. Anyway, they're Japanese, right? When you say you've never been in one, you mean in an American Pie sense? <laughs> yes, exactly. I've never I've never fucked one of these. Um, so they. So they jack off this dog into these pastries, and they, they send them in a big basket over to the over to the frat house of the snobs. And they, of course, all crowd around. Like, they all are just there in the frat house, and they all crowd around the basket and just start, like, devouring these things. And, like, like they, squ- Was there a pretense of, these are from someone who likes you? Yeah, the card said something like, congratulations on the crew team. It had some sort of thing on it. And so they're all there, and they all just encircle this basket of cum-filled pastries. What a circle of jerks. Yeah, right? (laughs) And they just, like, eat them in the most ravenous, crazy way possible. Like, they squirt... They squirt the cum onto their face and, like, lick it off. And there's all this crazy, like, <laughs> and they even ADR, they ADR'd in, they added after the fact, someone off screen in a gay voice going, I've had these before. <laughs> and, and then someone tells them that it's cum, and then they start throwing up. But, like, that crazy, like, oh, you, wait, there was, like, a solid five minutes where you loved this and ate it crazier than anyone has ever eaten anything. I don't know. That's it's baffling. You've never had beard papa. I've clearly never had beard papa because if I, I guess if I had it, I would be squirting it all over my face, sucking my fingers after each individual bite. You see this on my face? You thought this was just semen? I did. Yeah, that's beard no, papa. Oh, beard papa. Now, if you masturbate a dog for your revenge mm-hmm. scenario, yeah, yeah, haven't you already lost? Yeah, right? I know. It seems like that's a... You would get more cum on you. Also, you masturbated a dog. Right, sure. Cum schmum. Oh, they show him dog porn, too. That's kind of funny. They have some dog porn magazines. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, mm, Wait. I have a lot of questions about the... A lot of... The the reality of this is shaky at best. (laughs) The economy that would sustain a dog porn magazine. Yeah. Now... It seems to exist... It's the largest economy in the world. <laughs> God's United States. But has yeah. the internet not... Whoa. The are you one of these... Canine? Are you one of these Obama types that believes that America has taken a backseat to the rest of the, uh, the rest of the world? Uh, wait. You think that we don't deserve uh, American supremacy? Well, listen. This is a sticky wicket. You know what? Go back Jump to your... Jump in your Van Wilder car and drive it to China. Go back to your coastal ivory towers. My point is, what? What? That's my point. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. The point <laughs> taken. Point taken. Magazine where there are dogs in lingerie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, obviously. Yes, obviously. Mm-hmm. And what? It was four dogs. 
it seemed to be, it didn't seem to be, I couldn't tell. Uh, the impression I got watching the movie is this is four dogs, but I guess it would make more sense to, to, to be four humans who like to see dogs in little outfits. <laughs> How Instead hot of leaving nothing it, to the imagination. How hot did it make you? Mm, about as hot as, as, as a young in her prime Tara Reid. Sure. Comparable. I can sure. speak to that. Comp- yeah, right. About she, as hot as it would make a young in yeah. her prime Tara Reid. She ran pretty warm. You've been up in them guts. Mm, yeah. um, Spelunking, she made me call it. <laughs> you wore one of those little minor hats, right? Mm-hmm. That's a fine. major minor. The major, yeah, very major minor. Um, oh, so uh, back to the Bob DeBolt story. Let's get back to As that story. As opposed to describing stop scenes calling. from Van Wilder. Please, stop calling us. We're going to finish I know. Story. Just take it off. Uh, no, so, so he uh, he was there, and, and, you know, as Jesse mentioned, he was always real rude to us. Like, real, <laughs> yes. you know, like, we would wave and say hi, and... We, w- we tried so hard to be nice to him. Yeah, yeah. Standard friendliness procedures initiated. Right. Um, Waving hellos. Over the course of literally years. You can't wear them down. Let's be clear. Years we tried to be nice to Bob DeBolt. And, um, excuse me, and he, uh, and so he had never said more than two words to us. Like, he he would, yeah, he would maybe um, respond with grunts when we said, when we said hello. Literal grunts. Literal grunts. Let's be clear. When Jordan says he grunted like a frat boy eating a cum-filled donut. (laughs) Like, we would say, hi, Bob, how are you doing? He'd just go, "Mm." and walk away from us. To be fair, we are secret lizard people. That's true. (laughs) And we have built a bear or two. Yeah. Making us part of the problem. Chart Um, exclusive. So we, uh, so yeah, I just remember um, him saying to me, and this was, uh, and this was maybe around two thousand three. Sure, just to give you a picture, yeah, of what was going on. <laughs> it was early in the George W. Bush years. Mm-hmm. He's like post nine eleven. So he just said, so I'm walking <laughs> past him, of that year. and I think at this point I I was not even trying to wave. It was just a point where it's like, well, I'm clearly bothering him, and he says he said out loud. So how about that Arnold Schwarzenegger, huh? And and this was when Arnold Schwarzenegger was the governor of California. And I looked around and I'm like, and I, you know, it took me a minute because I'm like, wow, he's he's ta- he's talking to me. Um, or the you know bag of leaves that he's brought to eat. One of the two. <laughs> um, he's like, how about that? Uh, how about that? Uh, how about that Arnold Schwarzenegger, huh? And I'm like, yeah, uh, that, that's that's really something, huh? And he's like, yeah. I think the Terminator's going to terminate California. <laughs> and then he, like, shut the door and started doing his show. Did and you? then he, he, he died a couple of weeks later. Um, and I, I like to think that, you know, maybe he, he knew. Was making amends with you? Yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe he always felt bad about the, you know, the grunts and the general surliness. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to tell this youngster a hilarious joke that he's going to, he's going to, yeah, that he can retell and. You know, he can remember me fondly. Um, and also surprised me that he had seen Terminator. But maybe, I guess you don't have to have seen Terminator, but that him making that joke kind of implies that he had like a pop cultural knowledge that I was surprised of. But anyway, that's all. Well, that's a really beautiful story about Bob. Yeah. I'll always remember him. He always wore the same jacket. It was really smelly. He really smelled bad. All right, I know that's kind of a sad note to go on. Let's go around. Come on, go around. One more American Pie sequel. One more direct DVD American Pie sequel. Come on. Uh, let's see. Uh, Boob Stravaganza. Uh, jugs and something? Yep, Jugs and something. All right. Uh, 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 Come on, you can do it. Uh, 
uh, Jenny. Yep. Uh, probably. Yep. Like she was a lady in one. Sure. Done. Done. Hey, Jenny. Hey, Jenny. Yeah. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Ben Acker, heart attacker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. My first TV credit. Um, what, what was it? Wait a minute. My first TV credit. On what hardest, program? Hardest hacker? No, heart attacker. Heart attacker. Oh, I, th- I thought maybe you were like like oh, a yeah. computer hacker who had seen it all. <laughs> yeah, I've really I don't care about the these skin. lines of code. <laughs> Ones and zeros. Yeah. That's what it's I'm like. over it. No. Uh, what was it? What was the uh, credit? It was uh, it this was, was in Murder She Wrote. <laughs> oh. oh, you guys, have you seen Murder She Wrote? <laughs> I mean, I saw Murder She Wrote when I was nine. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't seen Murder She Wrote, but I went to a wedding in the town where they shot the credits, or maybe the town mm-hmm. that she lived. And I was trying to, f- I was telling my friend, "Hey, I'm in the town where I think they shot the credits, but it might have <laughs> been where the show was set." But I couldn't figure out. The two of us hadn't seen it and couldn't figure it out. Um, was the show set in a town? It couldn't possibly have been because we know enough that she solves murders exclusively. That's the show. Right, right. And so if it was set in one town, obviously this town would be made up of half murderers and half <laughs> murder victims, victims potential right? victims. So that's one of the concerns about Murder She Wrote, I think. I think that's a historical concern oh, okay. about Murder so She Wrote. Is, why is this small, sleepy why town? Why are there so many murders in this small okay, town? Okay, because I assumed that she was on a book tour. <laughs> and there just happened to be murders in every major so city where she went. Yeah. And she would have to solve. Good thing I, an expert, is is here. Or then I thought maybe it was about her coming up with the scenario of her next book. Like it all took place in her mind. Like, mm. oh, if this guy killed that guy, then right. this would be the... And then she put herself in... Um, right. I like the book tour one better. Me too. I, yeah. like I the think idea. that sounds more like a show. I she, think the, the mind's eye is more of an art film. She has a sidekick. In the book tour one that plays her literary minder. Yeah. That's the person who's responsible for driving an author from uh, interview to interview right. and Don't then to the reading. Don't get involved in another mystery. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> we, you, we've got to be at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I bet that's tough for the, her agents because she, you know, it, it basically cuts the amount of stops she can do in half. I mean, you know, right. she's got to, I mean, I imagine solving a murder is at least, you know, at least a work day. Right. But so if, I guess yeah, she's got to allow one day for, you know, interviews and signings, and then the other day has to be just devoted completely to the murder. Maybe she just does an every other day thing, and she pays for her own Motel 6 oh, yeah. on the uh, every other day. So it's, mm-hmm. like, it's like, you know, reading day, murder day, reading day, murder or day. Or maybe, maybe the local police force is like, hey, she's coming to our town to do a signing. Which murders haven't we solved? Right. Mm. Let's get her to write, by which I mean solve, some of our cold cases. Right. So, so the police department puts her up for a day. Murder, she wrote, cold case file. To be right. fair, Jesse, she did have more hobbies other than solving murders. So it basically went uh, signing day, murder day, signing day, murder day, tour of classic carousels. Right. <laughs> sure. Jessica Day. Yeah, as a Jessica Day. Signing day, murder day, light box day. Light box day. Gotta <laughs> get some corners done. <laughs> Um, hey, uh, joinery, joinery, everyone, joinery. I was talking about. If you want to know how Murder She Wrote worked, a great <laughs> website to visit would be Ask Metafilter mm-hmm. online at ask.metafilter.com. 
or just type it into the internet and have the internet tell you right away. But if you have a more sophisticated question that needs answering, Ask Metafilter is the place to go. Uh, Ask.metafilter.com. Thousands of life's little questions answered. Uh, sign up for an account. Uh, uh, type your next question into the search box and see if somebody has already answered it. It is uh, like the other answer websites, only with answers that are actually useful and good. Um, Google it on Metafilter. Yeah, Google it on Metafilter. Right. That, that's what I say. Isn't that their slogan? Yeah, it's a tr- this is a tremendous website. I love this website. I genuinely, sincerely love Ask Metafilter. It's the best. Um, also, up on the Jumbotron this week, makethephoto.com. Make the Photo explains photography and photo gear in simple terms. That sounds useful and fun. Yeah. Let's say you want to be a photographer. Let's say you want to collect and sell photo gear. <laughs> Let's say you're half man, half camera, and yeah, you're trying sure. to figure out how to fuck. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're finding I, out which, which telephoto lens will best please your partner. Just go to makethephoto.com. If you want to get up on the... That's what you call it, right? When you're a half man, half photo, <laughs> yeah. and, you're, and you're banging. Call it making the photo. Oh, yeah. Hey, let's make go the make, photo. A photo. make the photo. If you want to get up on the Jumbotron, <laughs> go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron, and we'll share your message here on Jordan Jesse Go. If you want to sponsor this show or any show on the Maximum Fun Network, email our development director, Teresa, at Teresa at MaximumFun.org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Ben Acker, soda cracker. Oh wait, what was your TV? We never got to what your actual he TV credit was. He changed his thing. I changed it. I like Soda Cracker. Uh, my TV thing, I was credited. My very first job in Los Angeles, California, mm-hmm. Hollywood, America, was <laughs> uh, I worked for my aunt and uncle's children's nanny sister's baby's daddy at a show called uh, Biorhythm, which was an MTV show mm-hmm. that told uh, biographies of your MTV-type celebrities uh, in MTV's fashion, mm-hmm. which was fast editing and crazy clips from things and music from the tops yeah. of the charts. And... Uh, that guy, Ford is his name, uh, was, he was responsible for my episode. He was the editor in charge of that episode. And he, was, uh, he gave me the name and he put it in the credits and that was... And you had to have a heart attack? I didn't have to have one. The implication was that I was like some sort of stunning fellow who would give, who would attack people by the heart. Like, well, oh, that guy's like, cool. He He's might give real. them, for example, a total eclipse of the heart. Sure. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Attacking in the nice way. Okay. Oh, terrific. This like is with his death. I feel like we've yeah. had we've Fuck had him in the heart. Uh, last week our guest was from the Lyricist Lounge. Right. This week our guest is from Biorhythm. Next week, do you think we can get someone who did a voice on the Max? <laughs> that was just Sam Keith, right, doing all the voices. <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, he's a real Frank Gorshin. Jordan, you were on you were on that one show that one time. What was I on on MTV? You were on that one show. Oh yeah, I totally was. Yes, that was. What I was, was not a cast called? member though. I uh, there what was, was a there was called? an MTV dating show called. Oh shit, I even forget what it was called. Singled out? No, not called. God, I wish I was on Singled Out. That'd be great. It was a punked dating show. Yeah, the the. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oops, my penis. <laughs> yeah, whoop, you, whoops, raped ya, is what it was called. I uploaded it to YouTube many years ago, like five years ago, when we first started Jordan Jesse Go. I think it's still up there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's 
it was this dating so where if you have a friend who you think is a kind of a like a sleaze bag with women who has like a pickup routine you you were supposed to prank him by getting him to go to a place and um and the, the, there's cameras on him and he doesn't know it and we get to watch him like pick up women and then at the end we're like we pranked you and me and some friends from high school made up a fake one and did it so it was great yeah it's a lot great. of fun no one got paid but, but, but you pay? know you're just you're you're getting paid in yucks you're having a good time. You're having a good time. Legal currency yeah, of yeah. Sylvania. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, yeah maybe if, if, if the consensus is that I've never told that story on Jordan Jesse Go, uh, maybe I'll tell it next week. But right I now I feel like I've told it ten times. I think that last week on the program, speaking of getting paid in yucks, mm-hmm. we asked our audience to go to the New American Pie movie for us oh, yeah. and let us know what happens in it so that we don't have to go see it. All right. To sort of I, I grant your premise because we're kind of interested in it. Yeah, yeah. Curious. I've never even seen regular American Pie, mm, frankly. Okay. But um, even I am kind of curious about it. But we don't want to dignify it with our American money. Sure, we're and, saving that for lockout. What's that? Space prison. Gotcha. French space prison. Yeah, yeah. Luke Basson produced space prison. This is Adam from Chicago calling about the uh, action item about seeing American Reunion. Go ahead. Uh, I did see it uh, last Friday, and uh, while mm-hmm. the actual movie itself was uh, actually not that bad, pretty nostalgic, made me and my friends kind of uh, think about uh, where we were going in our lives, believe it or not. A Stifler movie can do that to you. Um, <laughs> it wasn't so much the movie, though, that affected us, but uh, what happened in the movie. Um, I, at some point in... You're not talking. He's not... Ben, you gotta. What? Ah, oh, jeez. During the uh, show, my friend noticed that the couple next to us were pretty hot and heavy, yeah. uh, talking to each other, whispering sweet nothings, getting a little kissy. And uh, then, as um, halfway through the movie, uh, he just kind of jabs me with his elbow, and he just, uh, you know, show- goes with his eyes, you know, look, look. And uh, I look over, and uh, the gentleman uh, was definitely fingering uh, the girl uh, that was sitting directly next to my friend. Sir. Naturally, we were both shocked and uh, tried to hold in our laughter. Um, I think they caught wind of us uh, laughing at them. And and, uh, shortly thereafter, decided to pack up and go, I'm assuming, out to their car to finished their business uh they never returned to the theater so i don't know what happened (laughs) my experience sorry to take over uh, american reunion all right thanks a lot guys i'm gonna tell you that didn't really fulfill what we were Mm -hmm. asking for nice to know that it did had some it had some nostalgia value and was not a was not a, a disaster I mean, in a lot of ways, that call was a disappointment. But on the other hand, yeah. he did describe some people finger-banging in the seats next to him. Was right. it banging or blasting? Did he go into detail? It sounded like, I think he, he just said fingering, which Leaves implies a kind of... He's a real gentleman. Well, you know, I think, I think when you say fingering as opposed to finger-banging or, or uh, finger-blasting, that implies a kind of tenderness. Could have been finger-boinking. <laughs> yeah, finger, right. Finger-make-loving. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever... Or finger soaking. You've heard of soaking, right? It's something that Mormon teens do. Is doing sex stuff in a movie theater a real thing? I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I've, I also never, not even in my, my make outy high school year, late bloomer, um, <laughs> I, 
<laughs> we did a lot of like car stuff, but never movie theater stuff. I think they're uh, who, you and who? Uh, my my high school girlfriend, <laughs> his mom. <laughs> Name <laughs> What was her name? Do you remember? Jackie. Jackie what? I don't want to... Jackie Morris. Yeah, Jackie, Jackie Robinson. <laughs> the first black wrote, baseball she player. She the color barrier. She did, exactly. Your relationship. And, then, and then so did I. I don't the color uh, barrier was her hymen. It was, it was Jack K. Jack K. Robinson. <laughs> oh, Mary. Um, was that a good impression? It was. I don't... I mean, it's worth calling in, though. I thought it was great. I, I liked it if a lot. You ever, have you ever witnessed or participated in... Sexual activities in a regular movie theater. A regular movie theater, no. <laughs> uh, revival movie theater, <laughs> like you know, like like during like Alfred yeah, like, Hitchcock night, like a rep house. Sure, Fre- yeah, yeah. Well, I can't watch Frenzy without being turgid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd maybe do it. I'd maybe do it <laughs> during nothing but Godard. <laughs> After I listen to nothing but Zydeco. Seriously, in <laughs> if in Vertigo, when he's going up those stairs oh and the God. camera does the pullback and it. zoom in, I can't. doesn't make you as stiff as a board. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who the fuck you are. You yeah. know, like, do you even have equipment down there? Yeah, because right. that Look is... Look inward. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's... Uh, yeah, just to be clear, when, when Jesse watches Birth of a Nation, he's not hard because of the racism. No. It's the achievement in filmmaking. Right. It's the Everyone agrees that that is a very technically... Te- a very Look, technically I get fi- super like, hard when I watch Metropolis. Yeah. Oh, a six-boner film. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. <laughs> um, that's, yeah. Pauline, that's Pauline Kale's review. Sure. <laughs> the only modern movie Jesse's jacked off to has been Hugo, because it was about classic silent movies about and film magic, preservation. It's about the magic of the cinema. I mean, ultimately, the thing that really gets me hard is the magic of cinema. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's why I really loved the end of Inglorious Bastards. Sure. Because you think it's a war movie the whole time, and then you find out, you know what this is really about? Bonerthon. The magic of cinema. Mm-hmm. You're like, right, that's right. It turns out that filmmakers really like movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only they had a vote in the Oscars. Um, okay, next up, momentous occasions when something momentous happens to you. Yes, you, listening right now with the earbuds. You give us a call at 206-984-4-F-U-N for momentous occasions. Let's hear what we've got. Hi, this is Eric from New Jersey calling in with a momentous occasion. Uh, A woman just came inside our uh, coffee shop, the coffee shop I work in, and she angrily declared, you're really going to make me open all these sugar packets for the prices you charge? You should really have a sugar bowl. I might as well go to 7-Eleven and walk out with her coffee. Thanks. Bye. At least she believes in something, am I right? Yeah, you know, at least she's directing that anger toward toward something. It sounded like he did not know the name of the coffee shop where he works. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a coffee shop. I, the one where I work. Where I work. Uh, downtown. It's a uh, uh, money building. You all, know, building what? Give me money? It's all around me right now. Uh, I'm inside it. It's got that beanie smell. I make coffee here and sell it. <laughs> uh, pastry case. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Stingy with sugar. Hello, gentlemen and guests. This is Jim from Bellingham. 
I don't usually do this kind of thing, but I just have to call. I was standing at intersection. What kind of thing? <laughs> he oh, said wait. that like it was trying just anal. One more, one more, <laughs> <laughs> one more comment. Re sugar. How many sugars are you putting in your coffee to where it's a it's a it's a strain on your time? Where it's a noteworthy inconvenience right. to oh, open my. the sugar. I guess maybe packets. if you do put if you do take take six or seven sugars in your coffee it's a thing i mean i guess you could put them all in one hand and if rip you them at use the same a time. Oh, my bowl. wrist oh, my wrist oh. yeah <laughs> is her problem that she usually uses a bowl of sugar maybe that's it yeah i should just i need a bowl of sugar she thinks Try that, a little coffee with your sugar nah. <laughs> good one ben <laughs> <laughs> good one heart attacker i hope that was the most amount of fun i don't usually do this kind of thing but i just have to call i was standing at an intersection with a guy and his dog, and he was holding his dog's front right paw while the dog was standing on two legs. And I said, you're not going to cross the street like that, are you? And he did. The dog walked across the street on its two hind legs, upright, hand in hand with his owner. Pretty cool. Very romantic. Very romantic. Very romantic. You know, they say romance is dead, but in a world where a man and a dog... Can walk bipedally across the street mm-hmm. while holding hands, yeah, or hand and paw. They're still, yeah, they're not. That would be funny if there was a puddle and then the dog untied the little hanky, or the little bandana that was around his neck, and put it down for the guy. Yeah, that would be nice. He would need hands to do that, though. Yeah, by uh, romantic and also horrifying. Yeah, because you know you get to see a dog's hands behave like human hands, right? And also you get to see whatever is underneath the area that a dog usually keeps covered up with a hanky, thank God. Yeah, I know. The the back of your neck. Yeah. Allah does not want us to see that. <laughs> I don't usually do this sort of thing. But. Yeah. Oh, so you're saying that so you're saying that all the guys all the guys with dogs in Venice Beach, all those dogs are Muslims? Yeah. The ones Absolutely. pulling the ones pulling the guys on the longer than usual skateboards. Yeah, those are exactly. Muslim dogs. Those dogs are Muslim. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, absolutely. Hello, okay. Akbar. Hmm. But the guys probably aren't. The guys don't look like Muslims. They look like you know, just like they're agnostic. Shorts. Oh, okay. They're agnostic. They're open-minded. That's nice. That's that's really cool that those like agnostic guys and those strict Muslim dogs can like get together and like. You know, take a walk that the guys, you know, the dogs don't mind pulling the guys on skateboards. Mm-hmm. It's really great. Absolutely. Take, and, you know, if you're, an agnostic, if you're an agnostic dog owner, you still have to take time out for the call to prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you still have to pay attention to which way Mecca is because a dog doesn't know dogs are idiots. <laughs> Just look at the religion. <laughs> whoa. Hey. Whoa. Hey. We're whoa. not making a judgment about these dogs' religion. Oh, they're idiots that happen to be Muslim. Yes, exactly. There are idiots of all creeds. Okay. Um, How do you think the Muslim dogs take it when their owners uh, blow pot smoke in their face? (laughs) Yeah, I don't think they take that very well. I don't think so either. I don't think think the Prophet Muhammad would be on board with that. It's not a fun joke. It makes all the dudes from your adult kickball league laugh. Yeah, that's true. Guy. Yeah, which is fun. It is a lot of fun. Yeah, but... (laughs) But don't, you know. No. Sure. The dog... Respect the dog's religion, At least even interest- if it's not your religion. Respect it. Yeah, you gotta have some respect. You know, this is a lesson that is important for these guys to learn, mm-hmm. and for Ben Acker to learn. Yeah, what me? Our guest Ben Acker. I was just interpreting what you said. Famous intolerant. Yeah, this guy. I'm not famed for being intolerant. I'm intolerant and I'm famous. also famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Sure. Um, like Mel Gibson. Uh, apparently, uh, I'm looking at our I'm looking at our list of telephone calls. Apparently, we've got a call for some straight talk from for Teen. Sure. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go. This is Dane in DC. Um, I'm not a teen, but I kind of need a straight talk. Um, it might apply more to Jesse. Um, I want to get into baseball, and I was wondering if you have any suggestions on where to start. Thanks. Oh, getting into baseball. Mm, you know, this us offering advice to callers, This is a, I think this is a really good thing. Do you think there should be a podcast devoted to this? No, it'd be a ter- that would be a stupid no, podcast. No, no, you're right. You're right. You'd have, to have some, uh, you'd have to have another gimmick. Like, it would have to be... It would have to be talking dogs or a set of brothers or something like that. Yeah, you're right. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's some inside baseball. Uh, ben, are you a sports fan at all? I'm not, but I know people who are. <laughs> You're aware of sports fans. <laughs> yeah. And I have been uh, introduced to baseball by some. Oh. I what did you think? <laughs> Seems all right. <laughs> no, I, when they, uh, we went to a baseball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, teams were playing. Mm-hmm. You and the other racists. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. <laughs> It was racial, not racist. Oh, no, you're right. Uh, and I was given a, a little scorecard like a child would keep, like it's for children. And uh, you just make a note of everything that happens in the game. All fun, like you're the baseball team's special helper. <laughs> right? And I will tell you this, uh, I appreciated the game more than, like, because I had to follow what was actually going on. Oh, no, sure, yeah, no, it's a good uh, way to stay engaged. So I, I recommend that. I don't okay. know if we're supposed to give actual advice. No, no that is we a are, good sure, yeah, absolutely. This is straight talk for teens. This guy needs some actual straight talk. I'm going to help this guy. Sure. Because I know a lot about getting into baseball, mm-hmm. and it just so happens that I've been getting back into baseball. I mean, mm-hmm. I've never completely left the yeah. fold, but I uh, I have a what's called uh, an Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um, this thing, you won't believe the shit this thing can do. I can't. I, um, I, I don't plan to. <laughs> you won't believe the advertisements this thing can show me when I oh, turn it sure. on. Well, for various services that I don't qualify for, for various <laughs> reasons, involving a, a channel called Epix HD. Yeah. Um, Look into it. It's the future. Uh, but here's, here's what I did. I paid $100 or $125 to Major League Baseball to purchase a service called MLB.TV Premium. Now... Now I can watch every baseball game on my Xbox, except for the baseball games of my local teams. Now, just so happens that as a San Franciscan living in Southern California, uh, I fucking hate my local teams as a matter of birth. It's like my birth, my birth. What's the what's a what's the responsibility side of a birthright? Uh, a I, I don't know. I'm gonna say onus. I would yeah. be betraying. I no. would be betraying my homeland if I did not hate the Los Angeles Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to take the... As good as they are, it's hard to take the Los Angeles Angels seriously. Uh, I mean, they still, you know... It's just, you know... It's just hard to take them seriously. Do they still have the rally monkey? That's one reason. Okay. They still play in a stadium called the Big A. <laughs> um, they used to be owned by a movie cowboy. <laughs> Do they still is that is something that's Wait, the all, character or the guy who played him? They were one and the same. Who's the movie cowboy? Gene Autry. All right. Yeah. Asked and answered. He is he is both <laughs> both the character and the man. Okay, so here's what I here's here's some steps I can recommend. I don't know how far into baseball you are. Like if you I'm gonna assume that you know the rules and stuff like that. So that's 
if you don't know the rules and stuff, I would recommend that you learn the rules. <laughs> um, a good way in. Good way in. Yeah. Learn the rules. I mean, if you want to learn the rules, a good way to learn the rules of a sport is maybe get a video game of it. Sure. That's how I know some of the rules of hockey. Mm-hmm. It's certainly and not because I've watched hockey on TV. <laughs> I know how to fight with a sword. Yeah. I know the rules of decapitating right, yeah. a guy. <laughs> Um, I, uh, so I would say if you don't know the rules, maybe think about getting a video game of it. I do not know what the best baseball video game is. Uh, baseball does not make the best video games, frankly. Uh, but base wars. (laughs) Yes. It's a futuristic, uh, dystopia where robots play baseball and shoot the ball out of a cannon. The last time I really played a, uh, uh, like a, a, a game oriented baseball game was baseball stars on the Nintendo entertainment (laughs) system. Uh, I did go through a long period where I was obsessed with playing this game called Baseball Mogul, but that was a game where you just trade players and sign free agents and stuff, where you don't actually play the baseball game yourself. The movie Moneyball was based on that game. (laughs) Yes, basically. Um, The movie Moneyball was actually based on me as a (laughs) 12-year-old. Um, I would I would recommend that you try reading a couple of books about baseball if you like Learn to books. Read first. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know how to read, we have to go back a few steps. Um, if I could recommend a couple of books about baseball, uh, I would. Ba- baseball has by far the best books about it of any sport ever. Not even close. Um, I would recommend. Uh, there are some good caper tossing books. Roger, they're all in Scottish, though. The books of Roger Angel, who's a New Yorker editor, um, whose stepfather was E.B. White, um, and is as 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 brilliant a nonfiction writer as exists in the world, and has spent an inordinate amount of his time writing about baseball. Um, he has one that's just a sort of greatest hits collection. All of his books are brilliant, but there's one that's a sort of greatest hits collection. I can't think of what it's called off the top of my head. Um, I would recommend, uh, if you want to read a sort of light, uh, uh, entertaining book about baseball, maybe Dave Barry does baseball, (laughs) maybe the autobiography of uh, legendary baseball owner, Bill Veck, Veck is in wreck. Uh, that is a baseball classic that is, uh, a lot of fun. Um, if you, if you like history, you might try, uh, uh, the Glory of Their Times, which is an oral history of baseball in the early 20th century. It is the greatest, basically, the, it basically invented the genre of oral history um, and is the greatest of Does it include any chapters ever. on Oral Hershiser? Uh, no, although I would enjoy an oral, or, an oral history of Oral Hershiser. Oral history is the crassest kind of history, right? <laughs> really base. Um, there, I mean, uh, th- there, are, there are a variety of really yeah. wonderful... Eight Men Out is a wonderful uh, baseball, like baseball history book. It's a, it's a decent, movie. decent movie. <laughs> uh, p- pretty good movie. Um. Yeah, I mean, I would I would try a couple books. I would get that MLB TV. You might consider joining a uh, fantasy baseball league of some kind if you can find team. one that. Yeah, uh, like a, yeah, nice t-ball team. Lie about your age <laughs> and uh, join a children's. Come on, t-ball the adult league. kickball league has an adult t-ball league, probably. Oh yeah, I bet there totally is. I yeah, I bet there's totally adult t-ball league. And you need a team to root for, and you should root for one that you're uh, that you can root for with people that you know that isn't. The Yankees, just not the Yankees. As long as it's not the Yankees, it could even it it can be the team that you live like. If you live in New York, here's the rule: if you live in New York, if if you can root for the Mets, 
So you don't have to root for the Yankees. Are the Mets still lovable losers? They're no, they're not that lovable. Okay, but um, they're they're who are the new who are the new lovable losers of baseball? They're lovable in the sense that they're not the Yankees. (laughs) Uh, they do have a knuckleball pitcher. Mm. So, I mean, I think that's enough. That's you see the enough. guy who was on Fresh Air the other day? Yes. And he was awesome on Fresh Air. We're yeah, going to have him. We're fun. totally going to have him on Bullseye, oh, by cool. the way. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I say read some books. Roger Angel is the most wonderful. In fact, I, may, I might even make a list of some, ba- some of my favorite baseball books. I've read many, many books about baseball in the, in the forum. So go in the forum. But find a team to root for that you can root for with people you know, which might be your local team wherever you live. And if you live in New York, it can't be the Yankees because only fucking assholes root for the Yankees. I'm even, look, I mean, there are teams that a lot of assholes root for. Like, for example, a lot of assholes root for the Boston Red Sox. Oh. Um, but is, that, is that your hometown? Nope. Okay. Okay. You were just being insulted for the people I, of Boston. I know a guy. Okay. From Boston. But the reality is that it's not... You're not automatically an asshole if you root for the Boston Red Sox. You're automatically an asshole if you root for the New York Yankees. The only excuse for rooting for the New York Yankees, there's two. One is that you're on the New York Yankees. The other is... You thought that scene uh, from the other guys with Derek Jeter was pretty funny. The other is that you're from the Bronx. If you're born and raised in the Bronx, which is where the Yankees play, then I will give you permission to root for the New York Yankees. If you're from so like people from Manhattan, they're like, "But I'm from Manhattan. How can I root? How can I That's not how root? How can I not root for the Yankees? <laughs> I got these well, newspapers to sell over you, here. You had a choice, asshole. You had a choice, and you chose the fucking Yankees. Quit it. Um, you know, I think I, we mentioned this last time, and I think this I think points to this theory I have to where the the sports. The sports aggressive nerd, I think, is a stereotype that is uh, that I think is um, is is going the way of the buffalo. I think this whole. I thought of one more book. Okay, Ball Four by Jim Bouton. Uh, it's just a hilarious, hilarious memoir about uh, being a sad, semi failed relief pitcher in the uh, late nineteen sixties. Yeah, I feel like every Summerland also a good. It's a young adult book, but Michael oh, okay. Shannon wrote it, and it's, it's baseballs in it. I haven't even got. We we haven't even touched on literature, but go ahead, Jordan. <laughs> if we want to just do a list of books with no jokes, <laughs> we can. Let's poll the audience. Let's talk about the celebrant. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that I feel like every every uh, all of my various semi intersecting friend groups are nerds, right? And I say that the number of nerds who are into sports in some way now outnumbers the ones who are not. And certainly, I it's been years and years and years since I've talked to a nerd who's done the classic nerd, um, you know, oh, enjoy your barbaric display of jingoism. I'll be over here with Einstein. You know, I think the, the Woody that, Allen nerd. Yeah, I think I think I think maybe Woody Allen. By the way, was a sports star in high school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that was, was more about the. Oh voice. no! What, yeah, <laughs> wasn't Woody Allen like a big baseball fan too? Doesn't he have a classic? He's a sort of- he's a monster. He's a huge Knicks fan, but he was literally like he was like all city and in, in or something like that. He was a he was literally a sports star. Oh wow! If you want to see that nerd, uh-huh. uh huh. Check Twitter on the game on like a game day, like a Super Bowl or a World Series. Twitter gives you a healthy amount of. 
You know, I feel like the only and I ha- and I I've noticed that and the only the only that I've seen and maybe my I, maybe my feed is skewed somehow. The only person I see do that is Dave Holmes, and that is not a nerd. <laughs> yeah, um, Dave, Dave Holmes is too is too slick and gay to be a nerd. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, guys. Speaking of that, I did Dave Holmes' show during the Portland Bridgetown Comedy Festival. Yeah. Uh, Terrific. If you live in LA, go see Dave Holmes's Friday 40 show or if you're visiting. It's a great show and I was very happy to be a part of Are it. Are you telling me that Dave Holmes is the best? I am. Yes, that's kind of what I'm saying. Um and there was there's a sports section of his uh, it's a trivia show and there's a sports section of it in some mention of a a recently it might have even been this knuckleball guy from Fresh Air got a huge round of applause just from the mention of the name. And this was alternately gays and nerds. Like, this was the entire <laughs> audience. And I know it's a little bit different than being a sports fan, sports fan, but I feel like um, uh, all nerds are part of some sort of fantasy league now. And I know that's a little bit, like, that's a little nerdier than being, like, a, you know, a fan of, you know, the history of the team. But I think it's, I think, I, I, I think the fandom is legitimate. I think, I don't think it's... You know, cynical and just based on numbers. I think it's do you so, think anyway. That, do you think that these um, competitive cooking shows are a gateway? <laughs> they might be. You're the saying Iron Chef? Iron Chef, your um, yeah. Chopped, your uh, uh, next Food Network star. Sure, sure. That sort of thing where the, it's the same. America's Next Top Chocolate Model. Right. Oh, <laughs> that, that might be a different show. Uh, but it's, it's presented in the same way. It's not way a racial thing. The models are made of chocolate. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I just I don't know. I think I think that I think that when you think of that sports averse nerd, that is something that I think maybe is resigned to high school and early college. And I think that's more of just a fuck society thing. I don't think that's nerdery. I think that's like being a little punk rock, you know, in that way that kids that age are. Anyway, that's what I think. That you know that being a little punk rock is nerdy, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes, I will. I will acknowledge that those come from the same place, but I think it just comes from being like surly and kind of hating, you know, the establishment. You know that nerds are surly, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's how they became nerds because they couldn't make friends. They were too surly. (laughs) Too surly. Um, Every one of them. But yeah, but I think that if you think about like adult nerds and certainly our audience, I don't know. I don't think that. I don't think that which is adult nerds. Come to come to grips with it, people. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that I don't know. I, I think that I think that you would be equally at a Max Fun meetup. You would be equally likely to be able to talk to someone about you know the current season of a, of a sporting event. Anyway, as as um, something deep in the video game canon. I'm not going to say Skyrim because that's more likely. But let's say Joust. Joust. Let's say Battlefront Three. Anyway, so yeah, I don't know. I think that I think that the nerd jock line is a blurrier line than it was when we were kids, and I don't know what it is now because I think that sports and video games both cross over into the other side enough to where it's hard to hate the other one for liking that. Yeah, I mean that's a that's an interesting theory. I, I have a skewed perspective mm-hmm. on it because I mean it, when I was a kid. I was a baseball nerd. Sure. I mean... Uh, yeah, and you uh, can be a nerd about... The thing you, that yeah. I was a nerd of sure. was the only thing that I've really, truly been a nerd of. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you could argue that I'm a menswear nerd. Yeah. But the thing that I have truly been a nerd of is baseball. Yeah. Record collecting, too, and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Antiques? But, I mean, I'm, I've not been... 
I've not been dedicated to record collecting the way that actual record collector okay. nerds are. Um, everybody's self-identifying as a nerd anymore. Yeah, right? like, and that, I mean, that, that hurts everybody, it too, I Everybody think a had bit. insecurities in high school that yeah. they magnify in their memories uh, to go, oh yeah, that was me, I was a terrible, terrible nerd. And, and whatever it is that they like to, um, to a degree that it's, it outshines what, mm-hmm. what else they like. Come they to think of it, when I was in high school, I was sort of a pornography nerd. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was a sleeping a, nerd. A self-love nerd. <laughs> um, yeah, I was really nerdy about, like, sleeping late. <laughs> like, sleeping as late as I could. Absolutely. Um, I was so, a yeah, getting my that, driver's license nerd. I think that nerd... I, I was that, a not-math uh, nerd. <laughs> I think that, yeah, I'm, 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 I was a C in Spanish nerd. <laughs> I really fucking nerd. was all about getting a C in Spanish. Right? I rode the shit out of that bus. Yeah, I think like it's more about the level of enthusiasm now than it is about the things because i Mm. think that nerds in general aren't afraid of liking sports and i think that jocks and you know uh it's it's sportsy kids aren't afraid to like play video games so it's just about how over the top is your enthusiasm for the thing Um, is it or is it not antisocial right yeah yeah does it yeah is it to the point where you just want to say a list of facts or is it yeah, anyway. well, I think it goes back to, uh, you know, the and I think I've talked about this on Jordan Jesse Go mm-hmm. before, but uh, on, on our friends, my brother, my brother mm-hmm. and me's podcast, the guy who once wrote in with the question that was, um, I've got this really great routine going on in my life where and but I'm really in love with this girl. She lives in the one town over mm-hmm. 40 minutes away and uh, she's going to move in with me, and I'm worried it's going to upset my routine. Here's my routine. I go to work from 9 to 5, and I get <laughs> off work, and I go to ta- Taekwondo, I eat dinner, and then I play video games from 8 to 2. Mm-hmm. And I go to sleep, and I get up, and I go to work. And I'm worried that my girlfriend moving in is going to upset this routine. So, like, the question is, the, it becomes nerdy when... It gets in right gets when you would rather do the thing than interact with a human who might fuck you. Yeah, that you're in love with. Yeah, that yeah. You have announced that you're sure. in love with. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe there is a new modern line for what the jocks and what the nerds are into, but I don't think it's sports slash video game sci-fi fantasy anymore. Anyways, um, it's more about how you look than what you like. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I, oh, you know. And I was even going to say this. I feel like the last. I'm three, sort of a uh, modeling nerd. <laughs> like I'm really into being a model. Right. Po- poise. You're into poise. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The last five. <laughs> school nerd. The last. Uh, the last five girls I've dated have all been serious sports fans, and I've had to like accompany them to their sporting events, and they have. Uh, apart from one or two exceptions, been been nerds. What, what I like the names? idea that you have like notches on the wall. Just another girlfriend that's a serious sports fan. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you have a type. Oh, and you know, and definitely in my just like casual dating, it always comes up on the first date or so. So, what sports team are you into? And doesn't don't even ask. Am I into sports? It's what sports team are you into? And when I say I'm not into one, there's always a weird look. Hey, Jordan, there's always a weird look. Charlotte Bobcats. Oh, yeah. I'm okay. giving you one for free. Thank Charlotte. you. I will yeah, just you say Charlotte Bobcat. She doesn't care what <laughs> Charlotte, sport you like. Oh, Charlotte Bobcat is hot. Wait, Jordan, what about the Washington? Is she an actual Bobcat or is she a human? <laughs> if that comes uh, up on again. On her mother's side. <laughs> okay, so she's half Bobcat, half human. It, I think if that comes up again, you should say the Washington Generals. <laughs> the people who always play the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> yeah. Like, God, I mean. Sports nerd you are. You know, I, I like the lovable losers. You <laughs> yeah. know, you're rooting for them. They got a lot of heart. They do. They're due. Some, Any day now. You know, Usually hey, they lose. 
loose. And by usually, I mean the last 1,494 times. Um, you got to break that streak. Yeah. It's like being a Clippers fan, am I right? Right. Um, or a fan of the Cleveland Indians in the movie sure. Major League. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Anyways, I'd, yeah, I'd, like to, I'd actually like to hear some listener perspective on this. Do you th- A, what is the new jock nerd divide, if there is one? Or B, do sports-averse nerds still outnumber the non-sports-averse nerds? Okay. Yeah. I'm interested to hear that, too. 206-9844-FUN or jjgo at org. I just said I'd get ratified. What? He was into it. Yeah. I'll allow it. Okay, excellent. You gave out the phone number. You were waiting Jesse, for... Jesse's kind of like the vice president. He breaks a tie in the Senate. <laughs> I, I like that we're doing this by Robert's rules of order. Yeah. Point of personal privilege? Yeah. Can we go to a break? I'll allow it. We'll be back in just a second. I'm Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Ben Acker. Love Shack. <laughs> So you were in the B-52's Love Shack video then? Are all your nicknames, do they sync up with your credits? Your film yes, and TV credits? Absolutely. Okay. Did. Yes. So was, Soda Cracker, mm-hmm. that was. I was. The Robbie Coltrane. Okay. I brought him sodas on the set of the show Cracker. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then it was, uh, well, I didn't, well, not during the music video for Love Shack, but I keep going to all these Love Shacks. <laughs> you mean strip clubs? No. Oh, okay. This is a different kind of shack? It's a different kind of shack entirely. Is it a funky little shack? Shacks cannot be zoned for strip clubs. Okay. I should explain. Uh, Love Shack is a little old place where we can get together. Mm -hmm. Is it old or little known? Is it a little known? I'm I'm asking you. I don't know. I think it's pretty known. I think if you say Love Shack, people know it. So maybe it's a little old place. Guys, can we wrap this up? I've got me a car, and it's big as a whale. (laughs) Yeah, I also have to get to this rust problem on my tin roof. (laughs) Um, well, Ben, it has been a joy to have you on the program. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It was a joy to be here. Uh, ben Acker, by the way, is the co-creator, uh, I know we mentioned this in the introduction, mm-hmm. of the uh, the Thrilling Adventure Hour, which is a delightful uh, new, new-timey podcast in the old-timey radio style uh, that was a very long-running and much-beloved stage show here in Los Angeles. Um, that was trans and continues to be transformed into a, a podcast program roughly one year ago. Um, a little over a year, January to now. And <laughs> two Januaries ago. Yeah. And you're looking in, in the average episode of this thing, you're looking at an all you're looking at an all star cast. You're looking at a John DiMaggio. John DiMaggio. You're, a Josh Molina. A Paul F. Tompkins. You're hmm. looking at a Sarah Thayer. Just taking a guess. Busy Phillips? Busy Phillips. What? Did I guess right? We got busy. Yes. You're, you're talking about a Paget Brewster. Television's Paget Brewster. Mm-hmm. You're talking about uh, Sam Levine. We got Levine. Phineas Gage. Phineas PG. Phineas Gage. Yep. Jordan, by the way, does not know who the people are. He's just guessing names of people that he thinks would be on this. Yes. That's well, what makes this even more remarkable. Phineas Gage is a famous uh, uh, brain study case. He had, he's a railroad worker who had a spike launched into his <sighs> medulla oblong, whatever, whatever yeah. restricts your, oblong, yeah, sure. your social cues. So he just mm-hmm. yelled swear words and stuff. Right. But he does a mean Paul Lind in my show. He's so good in that show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, the most recent episode, which was uh, recorded live at the San Francisco Sketch Comedy Festival, SF Sketch Fest, uh, features our good friend John Hodgman. 
Hey, there you go then. He's very good. He has no business being as good of an actor as he is. I know. It's like, annoying. He has all these other skills. No, he's skilled <laughs> in acting, as it and turns he, out. He brings it acting and singing he can do. You what? Know. Yeah, it's not fair. I know. When, when uh, Hodgman came and did his uh, show here in Los Angeles at the uh, Largo Theater, which uh, you've been known to frequent. Um, Both his show and the Largo Theater. Yes. Uh, he, uh, performed a, uh, he performed a singing number, uh, which he has done in the past. He sings at Max FunCon, for example. Mm-hmm. I have to say, uh, the man has become a singer. He started off as a as a, a writer who sang on stage as a lark. Mm-hmm. He's now become mm. a genuine singer. Okay. We have a musical episode of our show. Not unlike Paul F. Tompkins. Next month. Ooh. And John sings. That was his actual first appearance in our show. And he sings. Yeah, I always now. like it when Paul F. Tompkins sings. I think he's great at it. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a delightful program. Mm-hmm. Ben, it's been a joy to have you on. We're really looking forward to our first appearances on your show. Absolutely. Um, you're like, oh, I slipped that in there? Yeah. Just work it in. It's contractually binding, by the way. Why not? It was Why part not? of the deal. This is, part the po- of the deal. this is the podcast of record. Uh, etched out at the, the chateau. Yeah. Well, this is what I like. What I like, about, what I like about saying that right here mm-hmm. is that I'm, what I'm hoping is it will free me from people emailing me. Hey, how come you've never been on Doug Loves Movies? I don't know. That's fucking Doug Benson. Yeah. Wait not like we're turning him down. Yeah. Thrilling Adventure Hour is not a gateway to Doug Loves Movies, sir. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying just is... As, per, as an example. I'm just hoping that we can get the process out there in the open so people know not to email me right. to complain about why I haven't been... I've uh, appeared on people's podcasts that have... And no audience can have personally insulted me. <laughs> I'll go on anybody's. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call sure. anybody out. I'll go on anybody's podcast. I'm a nice man. Yeah. Can people... we find out the names of your last five girlfriends? By the way? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go. Come on. Last five girlfriends. Uh, bosom mile. Phineas Gage. <laughs> Boob Patrol. <laughs> anyway, it has been an absolute tremendous pleasure to have you on the show, Ben. Uh, people can find the find the show online at uh, thrillingadventurehour.org. No. Uh, Hour. We, T- we bought com when we changed to uh A- H T A H dot uh co dot UK. This is a misinformation campaign. Uh iTunes or Nerdist. Uh-huh. Go there. Go to iTunes or Nerdist.com, our friend Chris Hardwick's uh, popular podcasting network. Um they will also be uh putting up some uh web video internet uh mm-hmm. animations in the uh mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Let's uh get them done first before we okay. tell the world about it. <laughs> They hope to branch out yeah. into other mediums. Who knows what might happen? Nobody who, knows. No one can know. Who knows? Who knows what might happen? Maybe they'll get a biplane and do some humorous skywriting. <laughs> that seems likely. Probably. Yeah. Probably. You well, know how much skywriting costs? I'm how much? No. It's a, what's the, if you want to just get, you know, marry me, Phineas. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, how many letters is that? don't know we would probably want to do that for that guy that used to work at kzse phineas who was always bringing in almond butter oh yeah he was great right we were resident advisors together may he rest in peace what does it cost oh it depends on how many letters I'm let's not say it's 10 out. letters what are you dropping ten hundred dollars what yeah that seems like too much seems like a bargain to me yeah it's a hundred dollars a letter yeah i'm in all right let's do this where are we gonna do it <laughs> In the sky. <laughs> That'd be funny if you just wrote the word skywriting. <laughs> what did that say? Oh, okay. 206-984-4FUN, our telephone number. JJGO at MaximumFun.org. Our email address. 
hey, dummy, uh, go to iTunes and uh, click on our name and uh, click on the stars. Dummy. Yeah, let's get some stars. Let's get some fucking stars in here. Yeah, right? Hey, you write something nice, would it kill you? Exactly. You know what we've been doing a lot lately, Jordan? Hmm. I don't know if you've noticed this, uh, but we have been fucking using the shit out of our Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, We have been posting all kinds of shit on the Facebook. Uh, Like, for example, uh, this past week, uh, last week's program with Ian Edwards, uh, basically everything that we discussed on that show, from the bank heist sketch from the (laughs) Lyricist Lounge show uh, to bullies with fullies, uh, to uh, all all kinds of shit. Wait, so you're saying ancillary materials? All of these things we put into our Facebook group, people, look, people are loving it. People are loving it. Oh, and there's one more thing I want to I share with our audience. I'm, we're going to go out on this. Our theme music, Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. Uh, this was created by a guy called Camel uh, or Camel Nice. Mm-hmm. I'm... I may be mispronouncing this. That's right on. Um, <laughs> this gentleman, you remember when Rob Corder was on, we got to talking about efforts. Mm-hmm. These are the sound effects that... I heard that episode. Okay, so the video game guys make sound effects. You know, the, the uns and ahs. This guy, Camel, created this song from our efforts and all of the theme songs of all of the Max Fun shows. It's a ton of fun. It's spectacular. You should so, listen to it. Our hats are off to you, Camel. You're one of the greatest people of all time. He mimed a hat coming off. We'll be. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Interesting. Interesting that they. So you're in. <laughs> I'm Maggie from Los Angeles. I'm Colin from Louisville. Hey, I'm Harry Nelson from Lebanon, Indiana. Jesse Thorne. Bullseye is all about discovering the good stuff in popular culture that will do nothing less than change your life. You know, I'd never heard anything like it before. It'd be like seeing a new color, which I guess is music's like biggest asset is that you can hear new sounds constantly. It's the good stuff and just the good stuff in popular culture every week on Bullseye from PRI.